are listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight, uh, we are talking about uh, book four in the Magic 2.0 series, Fight or and Flight. Uh, joining me tonight is uh, Chris and Ray from Canada, Jennifer and Mandy. How are y'all doing? Hi. Excellent. Doing good. Excellent. Huh? Um, so uh, anything of interest going on since the last time we talked? Uh, Book-wise? <laughs> <laughs> anything wise. I mean, I know we've been, Jennifer and I have been like running around taking care of Geek Fuzz stuff, more, her more so than my, me, but uh, we've, gotten, we've done some cons and yeah. So uh, non-geek related, uh, we are getting ready to do the kids' bedrooms one more time, and hopefully for the last time, because dear God, I'm... <laughs> uh, they've outgrown their rooms, and so we okay. are taking down their loft beds. beds and turning them to a shorter version of a loft bed, uh, and having extra it's storage. Yeah, it's a platform bed with more storage and stuff like that. Uh, and we're so growing up. They're growing up, and they don't need bunk like they don't need the place. Aww. You guys are always doing something in your house. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, so hopefully this <laughs> sounds exhausting. Well, so this will be this will be the last bit, and, yeah. uh, and the then inside's done. for the inside, and then the inside is completely done. And if any other suggestions get made, I'm going to say no. I <laughs> respectfully decline. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're working on that. I picked up uh, a new window. Um, for the bathroom so that we can use that window elsewhere and yeah just should be should be good on that one. uh for my geeky stuff art wise uh i was saying at the beginning of the podcast that uh, you know i've got um a couple more skateboards ready for something and then uh other than that i got a couple of more oil paintings in my head that are coming out and yeah yeah i bought some canvases today nice. oh good deal nice I finished my staff. Well, almost. I still have to mount the ball to my staff. So, but we can talk about that more later. Because uh, it, it actually, it actually has everything to do with this episode. Because uh, we Geek Fest is happening here in about two weeks, and uh, Jennifer and I, and Lainey, if she ever gets caught up, are actually cosplaying as some of the characters from the book. So uh, I'm going as Philip, and my robe is right over here. And until my hat gets done, I'm not going to quite show it on here, but. Uh, who knows? The next episode may be hosted by someone else. Just let me know. All right. He'll so, be with in that, costume. yes, uh, <laughs> perhaps. That being said, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, so, this is book four, uh, Fight and Flight. Um, opening thoughts, just real quickly, about the book. Um, this was not Chris's favorite. No, the last, the, the <laughs> book three and book two, uh, book three and book four have not been right. But um. I didn't, mind. Yeah. I didn't mind it. It moved the story along, but it was it was all right. Moved the story along. Uh, you and I have had a conversation, Eugene. That uh, yes, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jen, thoughts? I feel like it took forever to get through everybody's story, and they didn't have to like like I didn't really care for the way that he broke it up into five or six different stories that we had to constantly go back to. Mm -hmm. That was just a little too much. And then it was just, you know, constant, like I think two or three is enough, mm -hmm. you know, 
but to break it up into that many and then it just made it take so long to get through all of them and get to the final so i think it could have been shortened a little there were some funny parts uh, yeah into and and i liked the teaming up that they did some somewhat oh the scottish scene had me rolling like i loved that i I was dying in my car listening to him doing all those accents would have been and my wife moira Moira. my three daughters i love her yes (laughs) i'm just gonna jump in here real quick and say i actually liked the, the the pairings up and i did like that they broke it up into these pranks because we got to see a little bit uh, more of some of the characters. Like um, in previous incarnations, we've only got to know Roy and Jeff a little bit, and seeing them together interact together, it um, well, especially. I mean, we did get quite a bit of Roy in the in the previous book, but like Jeff, we've never really gotten a lot of Jeff, and we actually got quite a bit of Jeff in this one, which I did like. Um, I liked seeing how Tyler and Gary had to interact with each other. Um, the Scottish Gary's stuff is actually. The Scottish stuff is actually the stuff that drove me the most insane. Like I was like, I get it, I get the joke. Can we shorten it a little bit? <laughs> because it just kept going. Which I understand that is the funny part is the fact that it kept going and going and going. But yeah, it yeah, that's what I was just like, okay. All right, let's get through this part next. So <laughs> But what did you think, Mandy? Uh not the best one. Okay. Yeah. Of the four <laughs> Uh, of the four that we've we've read thus far, um, see, I would say of the four that we've read thus far, this is this would be my least favorite of the four. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I still enjoyed it. The first time I read it, I thought it was okay, and then I've read it several times, and since since I've read it more, you know, additional times, it's you know, it's grown on me. But uh, yeah, of the four books that we've read thus far, it was it, it it's my least favorite. But like I said, I still. You know, I'd still enjoyed it. So, um, I guess so. Let's go and jump into it. The book literally starts off with Jeff explaining that, hey, guess what? Everyone's almost died like multiple times, <laughs> and has a chart, and starts you know talking about, well, you know, we died doing this, or you almost died, you know, this, that, and the other, and they start pointing out things like, have you noticed like it all happened after Martin got here and <laughs> stuff like that, um. And so they all decide, you know, well, we need to start taking this more seriously. Roy backs him on that. And he's like, yeah, we need to, you know, we have the Cato protocol. And he's like, yeah, but we're fighting each other and we're pulling our punches on that. We need to, like, really start training. So they quickly vote to start training. And then, unfortunately, and I have been in many a situation and different uh, different things where it's like, I vote to do this. Yay. And I say that they have to do all the work. Everyone agree? Yay. <laughs> Uh, and unfortunately screwed someone over with that. So poor Jeff, unfortunately gets the, uh, oh. uh, gets the job of creating the army that they're going to fight. And there is a funny part at the beginning that Gary is trying to, uh, influence everyone as to what they should be fighting. <laughs> um, Stupid, and even though, and even though Valkyries could be versatile, <laughs> the part where we get down to metal bikinis is where, you know, everyone draws the line. Um, and then literally the next scene is they're in a battle. Martin is being chased by a dragon. Phil is spotting everyone because he's killed his dragon with missiles. Um, I, I did love some of the stuff that they came up with for their was... weapons. <laughs> Gary's using Spider-Man webs. Uh, Martin turns into his giant, you know, silver, you know, uh, avatar of himself. But he drops drops his staff. Britt multiplies herself and like shoots at a dragon. Um, 
Martin starts punching the dragon and it does nothing. And Jeff's like, punch it in the side. Of, try, try in the side of the head. So he's, he tries that, still not doing everything. Gary starts using machine guns. And there's a whole conversation about the, how that's not. They're like, dude, you're a wizard. <laughs> Why are you shooting Uzis? <laughs> um, Martin does finally bring down his dragon. And, um, and then Martin ends up attacking Tyler. He goes to attack yeah. the final dragon, or what he thought's the final dragon, and it's Tyler. Uh, Gwen's uh, being chased by two dragons. Has a really <laughs> cool thing, like her robe basically just like lengthens and like engulfs yeah. one. I thought that was really cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, everyone ends up killing the last dragon, and they fly down to the ground. And Martin does something that he mentioned in the last book. He literally calls for his uh, staff to come to him, like like Thor's hammer, which. You know, Gwen, you know, says, you just, you do that on purpose, don't you? And he's like, when you? <laughs> and yeah, I would. If I had something that I was, con- like my phone, if I could just like fucking call my phone in my hand, I guess I would. So, uh, <laughs> but um, then they, they start talking about what happened, what went wrong, so on and so forth. And, you know, unfortunately, they're kind of laying in on Jeff. They're like, Jeff, you know, the dragons are too, you know, we know what's going on with them. It's, and we know you're doing your best, but. This still isn't very realistic. You know, what can you do? And he's he's kind of down about that. And as they all start disappearing, uh, um, and the only reason I bring it up is because it does play an integral part later on. Gary tells Tyler that he has to go look for, he has to go replace the Gene Simmons doll <laughs> that's normally on his staff because he left it in the latrine. Uh, and, of course, Tyler's like, I would never, <laughs> as a grown man, be playing with a doll while you, what, are you, what? So... <laughs> Um, this is also the guy that goes back to the future every time he has to use the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which I don't know if I can necessarily blame him. Just saying. Um, I just like but, they, they they mention every once in a while how how many years <clears throat> it's the toilet's been in constant use. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. So, um, the next thing we're uh, we're introduced to a new character, Honor. She's a young girl. She's got uh, she's got a small dog with her. And uh, she brings uh, Bishop Gilbreth uh, Mutton, and there's a whole conversation about whether or not, you know, how much she should be tithing because her family is very poor. She's lost her parents, and, like, her older brother's raising her. Um, and then um, the dung sifter shows up, and he basically kind of gets the same deal. He's like, listen, you can tide half as much as well, as long as you promise the money did you, you didn't find. Um, anyway, they go into the church, they come out of the church, and uh, they, they run into Phil and Britt. And, uh, she, you know, just kind of asked some questions and, um, uh, uh, the bishop's like, you know, I don't trust wizards, but I trust my friend Philip and kind of tries to explain that to her. Um, after that, it's a week later, they're fighting the dragons again. And, um, they've, they've met at Jeff's cage where there are seven dragons and they're like, yeah, the dragons were harder to kill because they just kept running away. Like, <laughs> Um, you know, it, it doesn't really, there's kind of supposed to attack us. Why do they keep running away? And he just gives this very, he wants them to ask the right questions, but no one's biting. Like he's like trying to get them to ask, why do you have seven dragons in a constant cage? And, and why, you know, what did you do to make them better or whatever? And, uh, so he's, he's, you know, kind of sketchy about that, but you know, no one's really asking the right questions anyway. Um, so the the next scene is uh, Honor is watching her her sheep and one disappears. So she takes her dog Runt and she goes to find where this 
where this is. And she comes across the cage and finds Jeff basically trying to get the sheep to attack him. Uh, but she thinks he's, of course, trying to feed the sheep to a dragon and gets scared and runs off. And, uh, and at, that, at this point, Jeff's like, you know, he's trying to figure out how he can get the sheep to attack and basically sends the sheep back. She gets back, notices the sheep is back, has no proof as to what the the crazy wizard in the in the in the forest is doing with a bunch of dragons. Um, yeah. uh, and she goes to tell uh, the bishop and her brother, you know, what her brother telling you what's going on. So, um, yeah. Well, no, I just said something about honor. As a, a woman, a girl growing up, I'm happy she's really headstrong and she's super stubborn and she stands up for what she believes. As a parent, I fucking annoying. Her. Yes. Just listen for five seconds, child. Just, I'm yep. gonna smack you. <laughs> there were times where I'm like, yeah, honor, and the other times I'm like, as a parent. No, I, and I, I completely I agree. Proud. I like the fact that she, like you said, she's outspoken. She I love that, but the she parent- believes what she believes <laughs> to a, to a fault. Yes, but like you said, at some point, it's just like if you would listen for five seconds, just shut up. We could have no. avoided all of this. She's yeah. nine. She's nine years old. She's nine. She's nine. nine. Yeah. Yeah, it'll serve her well when she gets older. But as but a parent to a nine-year-old, <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah. yeah, all your restraint not to just lay smack her. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, it's the next morning. Phil and Britt wake up uh, in her place. Well, actually, it's their place. It's connected by a portal. I know that probably drives Jennifer insane. I, the fact I don't that... fucking understand that at all. <laughs> whatever what none of it makes sense it just doesn't make sense it does make sense it's it's two buildings and there's a door that connects the two and it just happens to be over time and space you just i love it different time periods different schedules (laughs) nothing about it makes sense that's the key to successful relationship this you know separate bathrooms separate yep i love it i freaking love it Yep. Um, So they wake up and there's banging on one door and yelling at the other. So they basically go their separate ways to find out what's going on. And Hubert, the dunk slifter, like catches Philip, runs inside and he's like, he's telling him there are dragons outside. And Philip's like, okay. So he goes outside and sure enough, he's like, okay. So he calls Martin and Gwen um, who are also trying to figure out what they're going to do for lunch. And he's like, why don't we go? She's like, well, why don't we go to this place, you know, where I live? And he's like, well, why don't we do something where I live? And she goes, you live in medieval England. <laughs> we are not eating there. And he's like, who said it had to be medieval England? Why couldn't we go to England during the 70s? And it would be like a fucking Austin Powers movie. And she's like, that might be the best idea you've ever had. <laughs> um, and anyway, then Phil calls. And uh, so they show up and the entire town of Lead Church is overrun by dragons. Um, they call Jeff. That coming. Yeah. They call Jeff, and he's surprised. He's like, what do you mean there are dragons there? So he's like, hold on a second. And he goes, and he comes back, and he's like, oh, crap. And they're like, what's wrong, Jeff? They can't figure, you know, at this point, you know, we have no idea what's going on. Um, so everyone else shows up, and they decide they're going to try to get the dragons out of town. So they start dealing with them instead of killing, uh, killing them. The initial thought is if we kill them and make it look too easy, that wouldn't be a good thing. We need to kind of put on a show or whatever. Um 
And as they start trying to figure this out, uh, you know, how they're going to do this, they start figuring out, we really can't kill the dragons, can we? Um, to, and It's hilarious. Yes, and then we get the, the added surprise of, Jeff, why does this one have horns? And he's like, what do you mean it has horns? And it proceeds to, like, headbutt Martin through a wall. Um, so Jeff, like, runs off, comes back, and he's just like, oh, crap, oh, crap. And they're like, what did you do? Um, and he's panicking at this point. Um, and like I said, Martin gets rammed. Uh, the wizards start using their macros to basically try to get the dragons out of town. People start getting hurt though. Um, what's funny is, is the dragons can blow fire, but it can't burn anything. But when the villagers start shooting flaming arrows at them and they bounce off and start hitting their, their thatched houses, that's what's starting the fires. It's like the so, biggest face palm. Yes, yeah. exactly. This is so frustrating. Okay. This whole part of the book. It is. I know we keep saying we want to see this as a TV series. I want to see that. I want to see the scene where... It's like a Monty Python movie. Exactly. It really is. The scene I want to see in the TV show isn't until later, and you can probably guess what it is. We'll get there in a minute. Um, So, anyway, Honor and Sonny show up. They see the town is in disarray. Uh, Sonny and Gilbert get hurt. Honor runs to the church. Uh, She sees Hubert the Dung Sifter, He's about to get blasted by fire, and he holds up something. She doesn't know what it is. His idol. Yeah, he holds up something and gets blasted with fire. And even though he's he feels the he feels the heat, and he you know he feels the pain from that. He's not actually burned, and he survives. And he's just like, oh my god, I survived, and blah blah blah. Um, because of this. Yes, because of this. Yes. Um, and then here's where it gets really interesting. So. During this entire time, we're getting two perspectives on what's going on. We get the perspective of the wizards where Philip has, has, you know, flown up high and he's using like the megaphone voice and he's telling the people, you know, don't shoot the dragons. You're just going to burn the town down. And then we get it from Honor's perspective. And her perspective is don't shoot the dragons. You're going to burn the town down. Like it's very ominous and it's just like and some of the language he used i could kind of see works but i mean definitely could be you know seen both ways some of it was a little questionable but um you know we're definitely seeing it from her perspective where even though the wizards we we know the wizards are trying doing their best to help they're pretty incompetent but they're trying their best to help where she's literally seeing them as they're attacking and trying to kill and destroy the village so um so they end up uh gwen and and uh and brit start um they start putting a spell on people to basically knock them out so that they can hopefully get them healed or whatever. This was something they talked about and they pop back to Atlantis and they find Louisa, who's the president and also the, you know, uh, the president doctor. and, uh, basically drop all of this off on her. They're like, yeah, remember that, that, that medevac protocol we were working on. Yeah. We, we kind of used it. And she's like, well, how many, how many people are there? And they're like, it's like 50. And she's like, what? It's like she's losing her shit over this. And they're like, no, no, you'll have help. You'll have help. And she's like, are you going to stay and help me? He goes, well, no, not, not me, not yeah. right now. And she's like, so oh, you're telling me, me. yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was funny. So, um, so, so Brent- can I just say during all of this, all I'm thinking is why didn't they just go somewhere at another time and then pop in at the same moment they left 
and you know like figure out how to fix it from afar and then come back like Gwen did when she got whatever she needed you know where she spent a week with her family like this just all seems so unnecessary <laughs> they can time travel for god's sake did anybody else have this thought or is it just me being a Debbie no, Downer. because they they even they even postulate that. I don't remember if they postulate that in this book or in one of the other ones, but they they do bring up the fact that they're like, you know, even though we're time travelers, like our brains just are not working that way. Like, oh, that that's right. They do actually they do actually bring that up in the book. They're like, well, we'll talk about that near the end, but they do bring up the fact that he's like, why did we there was really we really did not have to separate into groups. We really could have gone every single place as a group taking care of this and had it all been done. But our brains just did not figure that out. We're just not that smart. So, but they can figure out how to date in different centuries. Give me a break. God. (laughs) (sighs) I like how you, I like how you think the dating part is the hard part, not killing the dragon. (laughs) Well, I'm just maintaining relationships across dimensions, even like, in the future with their current <laughs> families and friends. It's like, how, how do you do that? Just, I don't know. Anyways, moving on, moving on. Um, Brit and Gwen rejoined the wizards, uh, at Martin's place. Jeff explains how he created the dragons. Uh, and basically he says he found an animal and he essentially, Oh, we dropped Jennifer. Hopefully she'll be back. There she is. Um, he basically used, sheep to base his dragons off of and then of course added a bunch of stuff and he's like they're docile they should have been perfectly fine and then we have a whole conversation about do you know what a male sheep is called and he think he calls it a heap and he's like it's a ram it's a ram and that's why dodge names their trucks rams because they're fucking aggressive oh um, yeah. yeah tyler's explanation was pretty funny <laughs> yes i i'd love that um I love tyler <laughs> yeah and then phil brings up well why don't we go back in time to warn ourselves and literally martin shows up and does this whole like in a spooky voice is like philip don't say going back into the past all you're gonna do is cause a fight <laughs> and then like literally goes back and he's just like you know like five, 30 seconds later he's like here i'll go back and demonstrate it and of course goes back and has to do ex- but um yeah so it yeah time travels hard um <laughs> so let's see here so the people of lead church gather at mr gibbons and they discuss what to do honor screams at the yeah, thing that's... and basically gets everyone's attention yep. um that's one of those things it's just like all right someone needs to shut this kid up that's yeah that's where i gave up on honor being like a noble character <laughs> yeah um he's a little shit <laughs> and then there's a debate and they start having a debate between her and some of the adults and she starts bringing up some stuff that of course they you know immediately shot down uh but then she brings up some stuff you know she's like i saw a wizard and he had the he had, you know, he had one of my sheep, and they're, of course, like, why would a wizard steal one of your sheep? And she goes, I don't know. He was running around and doing weird things with it, and that kind of implied something, and they're like, okay, this is serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, not saying what, but this is serious. Um, so they're like, okay, well, we're going to go we're gonna go check it out. And she's like, well, I can take you to where the dragons are. And they're like, no, oh, no, just- little girl, it's fine. The grown men can take care of it. We've and got then- it. Yeah, and then get their asses handed to them. And this was her first introduction to mansplaining. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. Um, Not her last. 
the next yeah not our last in this one uh the next scene we get we we meet up with kluge now here's another character that has appeared in multiple books yeah. but we never really have gotten a lot on so um kluge wakes up and the bastards are running around the bastards by the way are his are his gang uh they're running around and they find there are three dragons in their 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 camp and um they're like kluge what are we going to do and he's like get some rope because his thought is this is my chance to get the fucking records. So what I liked about that first was, you know, a normal man would be absolutely scared. And they even said that Kluge felt scared. But his his decision <clears throat> was, let's get this fucking thing. Because I want to use that to get my get against the dra- or the wizards. wizards. I, I liked how that happened. That was good. Which we got the explanation for that in the previous book. That's one of the other things I also liked is the fact that it did make that reference back to the beginning of book three. Because book three literally starts off with uh, Todd and yeah. his, um, you know, basically, you know, all the all the horrible things that he did to Kluge. So, yeah. so we understand why Kluge has a, a chip on his shoulder. It's yes. just, you know, you know he, he apparently hasn't let it go, though. So, um. So Jeff and Roy show up at the cage with two remaining dragons. Uh, the wizards demonstrate how they've been trying to get rid of them, and they start showing off all these other things. They're like, you know, we used a, uh, uh, they used like beams and stuff, and they're basically like they're not real animals. They're just like kind of like a video game character. Like they're literally hollow on the inside, but they act like a. They delete half of it, and it's still walking around. And it's still there. It, it doesn't even, like, fall down. It's, like, literally just, like, it's, like, all four legs are there, but they're, yeah. Um, and so they're finally, like, well, you know, did y'all not figure out something? They're, like, no, you've you've been looking at the solution right here. They created a goal, and I love the fact that that's part of the, the uh, <laughs> that's part of the uh, the Esperanto that they come up with to actually create it is, you know, they literally all, you know, go, goal! And they just have to herd the the dragons into the goal to get them there. So, um, so Jeff and Roy say that they're going to go take care. Of, they're going to go to multiple places, and um, uh, they're going to go. You know, certain issues. Uh, they're going to go take care of the ones in Lead Church, um, and everyone else is going to split up, and they're and they're going to go. So, um, flip back over. Honor waits in the church uh, next to her brother. Um, as the party returns, they come back with their at, you know, they're all beat up and everything. They couldn't find anything, but they're like, we believe you on her. Like, you know, it, it's like the, the, the forest itself was trying to keep us from seeing what was ever out there. So, um, she ends up leaving and it's at this part, uh, Hubert, the dung sifter comes up and gives her the kiss doll that he's found while he's sifting dung <laughs> and tells her that this is what saved me from the dragon's breath. So maybe you could use it if you're going out to do what I think you're going to do, which is go look for the fucking dragon. So, um, flip back over. Louisa is, uh, goes to see Brit the elder for help. Brit basically tells her, you know, Brit the younger, you know, never told her what happened to be spiteful. <laughs> so she literally does not know what's happening and, and how to fix it. And which, of course that drives Louisa crazy. And she's like, yeah, how do you think I feel? Um, there's a lot of animosity between Brit the older and Brit the younger. So, um, so now we start breaking into pairs. So we got Martin and Philip, they appear and, uh, they, they can't find the dragons and they start asking questions. They're like, you know, didn't you think it was a little odd that, you know, the girls didn't want to, you know, go off with us, like, and want to kind of do their own thing. And then, you know, Philip's like, no, like, 
the, the, the key thing about being in a good relationship is you have to have time apart. Um, and then, and then uh, Martin starts bringing it up. He goes, well, didn't you also think it was kind of odd that they specifically <laughs> wanted to go uh, up north to Scotland? And he's like, well, why? He's like, well, what do you think when you think of Scott? And he's like, and he starts naming off stuff. He's like, no, kilts. He's like, didn't you ever notice that all the men in, in Atlantis wear kilts? <laughs> Uh, did you ever think, well, maybe where Brit got the inspiration for that? And of course, you know, that little seed is now in the back of Phillip's head. Uh, is that good, good going there? Uh, they call Jeff for a map. He sends him a map. And I love the fact the map doesn't uh, literally looks like a JPEG for Carcassonne, which is a board game. <laughs> He's like, just follow the dots that also help you get there. So, um, <laughs> They go, uh, let's see here, uh, also plays, uh, he goes back uh, and gives Brit and, and uh, um, oh no, that, I'm sorry, I was skipping ahead there. So um, they follow the trail into the woods. A man shows up, uh, Neath, and leads them to a cave that's full of gold that Jimmy created back when he was building Camelot. <laughs> Uh, and he's telling them, you know, the dragons are in there and can you, can you get rid of the dragons and, uh, you know, cause, to save my gold. And they're like, well, we could just put a goal up and just wait for the dragons to come out. And he's like, no, you have to save my gold. He's like, well, why? He's like, because I'll pay you in gold. And they're like, <laughs> we're wizards. We don't need gold. We can make gold. <laughs> yeah, we can make our own gold. So um, were, they, were they programmed to, like, be attracted to gold? Like, um, I guess so. That was that was one of the interesting things, yeah. That's the dragon trait. Yeah, I'm guessing so. I, I I guess it makes sense because if you think Lord of the Rings, I mean, uh, Smog basically slept in the huge chamber with all the gold. So, uh, and um, uh, I, I know because I'm rereading book one right now. Um, uh, Jeff does say he's a huge Harry Potter fan, so I'm a feel. I have a feeling if he's a Harry Potter fan, he's probably also a pretty big fan of Lord of the Rings too. So, um, anyway, so we go to Britain, uh, Gwen, um. There, they find a group of uh, of uh, Scottish warriors, a group of four <laughs> Scottish warriors, and uh, they're currently trying to battle the dragons. Um, wooden shields and- with wooden shields and 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 everything else, and um, so the girls basically show up and 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 take care of, you know, take care of the dragons, uh, saving the men's lives, and they go on and on, and this is one of the things that. Like I said, I understand it needs to be long and repetitive for it to be funny, but rereading the book multiple times, I'm just like, okay, I, I can really do this because they're literally declaring their 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 honor for killing the dragons on their wife and their daughter and their other daughter and their son and their mother and and er, like their whole fucking family. But that's uh, how it is in that culture. They've got a. a bless everybody and everything and go back a hundred times yeah. and argue the whole damn time. Um, and then the guys start like the one, the one admits that he's, he's had a thing for the other one's wife <laughs> and they get into this fight. And of course the, the girls are just sitting there watching these guys fight in kilts and, you know, discussing <laughs> how free, uh, the kilt seems to be for people to fight. Um, and at this time, Jeff basically calls Gwen and sends her a map. And she's like, why would anyone need a map? We're looking for dragons. And he's like, I can't say. He's like, it was, it was Martin one. And he goes, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
flash sideways. I'm gonna keep saying flash sideways. Well, uh, we get to Jeff and Roy. Um, so they go to Lead Church. They take out uh, they take out the Lead Church dragons, and they do actually at one point mention that while they're taking out the Lead Church dragons, they can look over and see the group from the past talking about what their next move is going to be. So they did, they at least kind of took your, your advice on that one, Jen. Uh, they just didn't take it to the, the full extent. So, um, so they end up going to Camelot, um, to take out five more dragons and, um, uh, the dragons are eating in a field. They're trying to figure out how to get, you know, the dragons to, to go along. So like Jeff's coming up with like creating apples and stuff and getting the dragons to finally start flying and they're following him around in the sky, which is really impress- impressive. And Roy's like, you know, um, I thought this was hilarious too. Roy starts, they're trying to figure out what dragons or what sheep would like to eat. And he's like, well, let me go look it up. And, and Jeff, I'm sorry, Roy makes this comment. He's like, oh, look at me. I don't know anything. I'm just going to look it up in my phone. And he's like, well, why am I the idiot? You're the one who doesn't know it and are just standing there willing to be, you know, ignorant about it from here on. I'm actively trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. So, uh, and I have run into that in real life. So I completely and totally understand that. I've had people go, "Oh, yeah, I'll just look it up on my phone." Your generation, I'm just like, yeah. At least I'm getting the knowledge, you old dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, but anyway, so um, okay. Now here's my favorite. Here's my favorite pairing in the group. So we get Tyler and Gary, <laughs> and. They've actually come up with the best way to kill the dragon. Oh my dragon. gosh, they were genius yep. until that little girl. <laughs> Gary yep. is attached one of these huge fucking goals to the end of his wand, and or to the end of his staff. And Tyler appears, distracts the dragons, and he literally like sweeps it down like a like a butterfly net and and destroys the dragon. Disappears, and like they knock him out really quickly, and they're down to one dragon. Yep. Um. And so yeah, they 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 find this little girl. She's basically at sitting on this dock with a dragon, yeah. and yes. named four, four. Four. Yeah. four, and then her dragon's name is Kelly. Yep. And Kelly yep. loves her, and she loves yep. Kelly. Howie. Yeah. Kelly. Howie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gary suggests grabbing the little girl, but Tyler's like, "What is That's wrong?" That's creepy. With you? Yeah. <laughs> um. Idiot. Yeah. So Gary goes to talk to her and ends up just making her upset. Uh, which Tyler <laughs> thinks is hilarious. Um, let's see here. Flash sideways. Rut and Honor head home. They find the bastards trying to subdue the dragon. They find a second dragon, and she gives it a scone. And the dragon, naturally being a sheep, is down with the scone. Mm-hmm. Falls asleep. Kluge is like, how the hell did you do that? Uh, she gives the other sto- you know, other dragon a scone, and Kluge like, starts to like warm up to Honor. He's like... He's still gruff as all hell, but he's like, how did you do that? Like, can you teach us how to do that? And how do you bake scones? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. And also, how do you bake? And also, how do you bake? Um, <laughs> let's see here. Um, I also love this scene. So we have a guy from Lead Church. He wakes up to two female demons. <laughs> <laughs> You know, demons are are literally just like that sexy, quote-unquote sexy female demon costume you'd find at, like, Spirit of Halloween or or Spencer's or whatever. And they were like, yeah, we could have made our own, but why? This is already a thing. We'll just use this. (laughs) 
Uh, and it's it's actually Britt the Elder and it's and it's Louisa and they ask the guy questions about um, uh, about what hurts or whatever and basically tell him that you know listen you're in hell we're demons we're going to this is your second chance straighten up fly right and you'll get to go back and and live again so but I love that Louisa's not trying she, she's like yeah okay no, no I, I need to know if you're uh, okay and then. But Britt the Elder's like all into it. She's fucking oh, yeah. with him. She's <laughs> like saying everything like a snake. She's drawing out her S's. Yeah. This is Sylvester and just yeah, that's funny shit. Um let's see here. Um Martin and Phil have a uh have a day uh you know, start talking about uh, you know, unfortunately pressuring Jeff to make the dragons was wrong. Um so they're trying to figure out how to get the dragons out of the cave and to go through and and to go through the goal. Uh, so Martin comes up with an idea and comes back and basically makes they're like, well, what would scare a tra- you know dragon that's got the mind of a sheep? And they're like, we'll make a giant wolf. And so he then creates a giant wolf that like the mandible he said doesn't even like fold like it would. It just like drops up and down like a really bad puppet and proceeds to start singing jingle like the dog version of jingle bells. <laughs> and of course he told you know, he tells Philip, he goes, I thought you would enjoy that. <laughs> He's like, I would if I wasn't terrified. Because mm-hmm. uh, the dragons basically just start flying around this large cave, knocking all the gold over, blowing fire constantly. It's it's mayhem. Um, and then they start attacking the wolf and Martin. Um, let's see here. Um, flash over to Gwen and Britt. The men are fighting. They basically tell them, listen, you know, we have to help you kill the dragons uh, because we made, you know, we did an oath. We, we You know, we have an oath to do so. <laughs> And I thought that was – I love this scene because I love the fact that uh, Britt is, like, really, like – no, which one was it? Was it Gwen or Britt? Britt was which the one that kept getting triggered. Yeah, Britt was the one that was getting triggered. And, girls. and Gwen was like, that is not what they're saying. They're saying they have to do it for them. They know we can kill them. They've even mentioned, y'all are the ones that killed the dragons. But yeah. we need to go with you to basically fulfill – you know, our, our honor bound role. Uh, and, and they go down and ask and they're like, yes, absolutely. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're women. It has everything to do with the fact that we need to be part of this, except for the one dumbass that goes, yeah, but it was to be a little embarrassing it, since you are women. And of course they like beat the hell out of him again. So, uh, <laughs> um, let's I see. I love that. Like every time they start to have a moment, <laughs> like somebody says one wrong thing, and they're like, yeah. what do you mean by that? I could kick your ass. And they start fighting again, and it's like yeah. back to square yeah. one. Such yep. guys. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, absolutely. Um, let's see here. So uh, Gary makes his way back to Tyler. Tyler tries to go talk to the little girl, and she calls him a butt brain, uh, <laughs> which Gary just loves. He's like, does that mean your butt is in your brain, or do you actually have a butt for, you know, he just has to, you know. Um, he returns to Gary. They try uh, again with the little girl. It doesn't work. Um, he challenges her. He challenges her to a game, and you know, uh, Gary's like, "Yeah, just take one step further back, one step further back." And he ends up falling into the water. And he's like, "Yeah, Gary's Gary's an asshole, but I also I love Gary. I'm sorry, I do." Um, flash over. Jeff is leading the dragons around in the sky. Roy's like, "Hey, let's showboat a little bit. You know, kind of build this up a little bit." 
And unfortunately, Jeff flies a little too low to the city, and all the dragons go down into the market uh, in Camelot and basically just start destroying the market, eating everything. Um, the uh, Gwen and Britt wake up Bishop Gelbreath and basically tell him kind of what's going on. They won't tell him everything, but they're telling him what's going on. And they're like, we kind of need your help for this, if you wouldn't mind. He's like, know. okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> It's funny that he said, you know, they're like, you know, we, we were afraid you weren't going to be okay with, with lying to people that they, they're in hell if they don't make things better. And he's like, uh, it's kind of what my whole religion's based on. <laughs> I love this. Okay, so Bishop yeah. Galbraith is what he gets, he gets his position in Christianity. He's like, I believe it, but... I get the business behind it. And he's, yes. he's not, he, he doesn't, he's nice about it. He doesn't make you feel too guilty. Just enough. Just yeah. enough just enough, guilt. just enough to make you feel, to, to be a good person. Yes, to be, be a good, good person, person, but he's not an asshole about it. But he, he gets it that that's what he's supposed to do. And he's totally okay with it. And I, I really like him. <laughs> I do too. I, and this book made me like him even yes, more. Yes, this one made me like him even more. And he like, isn't above going to the bar to get, you know, have some Confessions. fun. Yeah. Take advantage of yeah. his a, position a, a little. <laughs> the realist bishop. Yes. He's not high and mighty. No. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I did really like his character in this as well. Um, and then, of course, in a second here, he gets into it as well. Uh, let's see here. Honor gets the dragons to calm down with a scone as Kludge tries to uh, ties a rope around it. Um, <laughs> they get the dragons to both lay down or whatever. And she promises to help the bastards out uh, with the dragons and bake scones. And Kluge is like, she's like, but I'm tired. I need to go home. I have to take care of my sheep and stuff. And he's like, I'm going to send two of my best guys home with you. They're going to watch over you. They're going to take care of the sheep. And you're going to teach the one how to bake. <laughs> and the reason I'm sending him is because he's my he's my best guy. He knows if he doesn't do it, I'm going to beat the hell out of him. <laughs> Which is good enough. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see here. So we go back over. Britt and Gwen have the Scotsman in a diamond bowl and fly, and they're flying around trying to find the rest of the dragons. And, of course, these dudes are just, like, eating it up with a spoon because that would be fucking awesome, too. Um, and then they have a, a, a discussion with the men oh, about killing the dragons. Um, the men attack the dragons. The girls have to save them again because literally, like, they run out there. The ones shooting arrows, the arrows are falling down off the dragons onto their own guys. Oh, brave heart! Yeah. The entire time this whole Scottish scene is playing out, it's like a brave, a mock version of Braveheart. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, really yes, because they even go through the whole thing of putting on the blue body yeah, paint yeah, and everything. Yeah. So, um, and it's at this point we get our first real idea that's helpful for the entire book, and that is Brent Gwen go. Are you, have any of y'all ever like dealt with sheep, or have y'all ever herded sheep? And of course, all four guys are like, "Yeah, I've, I've herded sheep." So they're like, "Well, maybe we should ask them how the best way to handle this would be," which is kind of the whole plot line because it, it ties up in the end here, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But um, is you, you know, know asking people for help. I thought it was interesting that they all finally got to that point where they were like, "We should think about what to do with sheep or how to treat sheep," and they all came to independent like. Yes. This is what sheep like, or we should get, you know, this or that. And it was all different, though. It was kind of funny that none of them had overlap. 
we're not above everyone else. Maybe we should ask for help and ask for right. professionals. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, that happens. I like that happens constantly. Hell, that happens in my job all the time. Um, so anyway, uh, let's see here. We have another guy wake up, wakes up, and now there are three demons. Uh, there's a male demon, and he's telling him that he's a candle maker, that he needs to spend more time with his family and stuff. Um, and Louisa says he's getting a second chance, and of course he's like, you know, make sure you tie to the church. And the, the girls are just like looking at him, like, really? You just had just had to throw that in there, huh? This man, yeah, he gets it. Yeah. Um, but make sure you take it easy for two weeks. Right. <laughs> yes. No heavy and don't, lifting. And don't yeah, and don't chew on anything. You know, don't chew on certain types of tree bark or whatever. Uh, Tyler's watching Gary make a pit and covering it with dirt so the little girl can walk over it and the dragon will fall in and then fall into the goal. Uh, and he's like, well, how are you going to get her across there? And he's like, because of this and starts using, <laughs> he starts using a spell that lets him, it's a ventriloquism spell. And he's also able to change his voice to sound like Tyler. Um, and he's like, how long have you had that? And he's like, you remember that time we were at that bar and that blonde slapped you for no reason? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, that was a reason. <laughs> um, of course, the little girl walks across, and it's fine, and they're waiting for the dragon to go. Well, the little girl gets a little far ahead of the dragon, so it just flies over. <laughs> and and Gary walks out and is get, gets pissed and stomps his foot and goes through and almost goes through down to the goal. And at this point, Tyler's like, you forgot the dragon can fly, didn't you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, and you probably forgot that you can fly, too. <laughs> Kept happening to him. <laughs> Keeps happening to poor Gary. Um... Jeff and Roy can't get the dragons to leave or stop eating the apples. The guy selling the apple cons them into paying him. Uh, and it's at this point, um, uh, the uh, pear salesman, the carrot salesman, the rhubarb salesman, <laughs> and pretty much everyone else starts dumping their stuff. And they're like, oh, no, the dragons have ate all my carrots. What am I going to do? I love Roy's reaction to this. I love it because the one person's like, I've lost all of my carrots and have no money to get my daughter leached. And he's like, come here. I've got plenty of leeches. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil and Martin remove the wolf. Martin goes and gets grass from Home Depot and starts making grass layers or whatever to get the dragons to finally start going out. But unfortunately, at the same time, Neith is running in with two more dragons that have followed him. Uh, and so now instead of like four dragons, there's now like six dragons in with all this gold and they all head back into the cave. Um, so, you know, Neith is like, it's even worse now than before. And they're like, well, what the hell do you want us to do? Like, we're, we're trying to help, but you know, um, switch back over. Cliff, Kluge gets one of the boys to ride a dragon and honor watches. Um, Neith yells at Martin and Philip. They walk off leaving him and they realize that Neith doesn't even own the gold. Because they're like, he, you know, he made, I don't remember what the comment he made. He made some comment and they're like, you know, the, you know, the, just because it's on your land or whatever. And they're like, and he doesn't say anything. And they're like, this is your land, right? And he's like, well, kind of. And that really pisses him off. So Martin at this point does something drastic as Martin is wont to do. And, um, the next thing they know, this portal shows up, you know, there's a portal that opens up and Martin is standing in a town and he's telling everyone there's enough gold that you could walk out with hands full and there'll, there'll still be plenty more. 
And so all the people come through, and he puts a magic protective spell on them, telling them that the dragon's fire and claws will hurt, but they can't really harm you. Um, Clu- or, uh, Neath starts getting pissed off. Guy runs in. You hear screaming. He runs back out with a bunch of, I think they were like, I don't remember what it was. It was some odd object made out of gold, and he has a handful of it, and he's like, no, well, he's telling the truth. There's tons of there's tons of gold in there. Um, it was all it was all different shapes and sizes and different bricks and stuff like that to to make the castle. Yeah. And that's it's leftover gold that Jimmy never used for for that. So yeah, they were like nuts and bolts or something that he brought back out. But yeah, and then so everyone runs in, scaring the dragons. Dragons fly out and immediately fly into a goal that they've set up. And you know, of course, Phillips like you know. That was your plan. You know, he's like, well, that was my plan all along. He's like, no, it wasn't. You didn't have a plan. He's like, yeah, it was. My plan was to do this and see what happens. That mm-hmm. was a plan. Um, let's see here. Gwen and Britt make a, uh, a a diamond sphere around the dragons, and they turn the sheep – I'm sorry. They, talk, they turn the sheepdogs into winged horses. <laughs> and I love the explanation of this. They're like, well, how is this going to work? And, like, one of the dogs looks up and starts to fly and then stops and then cowers. And, you like, I can just see this, this horse somewhat just kind of, you know, this pegasus up in the air cowering with its tail and its head down like a dog does, whimpering, and then figuring out it can fly, and then they just starts going crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, they didn't recognize themselves as horses, so they were chasing the other horses. They were chasing each other, yes. <laughs> um, and then eventually they, they let them in, and the horse dogs, however you want to call it, uh, Pegasus dogs, get all of the the, uh, the dragon sheep to go through the goal. They herd them through. They come back down. And whenever they turn off the macro so they turn back into to normal dogs, I think it's funny that the dogs are all, like, disappointed. They're all, like, <laughs> looking up, like, what the hell happened? Why can't I fly anymore? <laughs> Um, they drop the men off an hour away from their homes, uh, and say goodbye and, you know, they're done there. So now you were mentioning earlier in the book that there was a scene that you wanted to see as the TV show. This is the scene that I want to see as a TV show. So Gary decides the best way to attract this dragon is to make a sexy lady dragon. (laughs) I feel like they did this in Shrek. That's what I was just saying. Oh, you're a girl dragon. Ooh, of course you are, because you're just reeking of feminine beauty. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love the fact that um that uh what's his name is just like he's just like, I never said this was a good idea. He's like, you, you said this was a good idea. He said, I never said this was a good idea. I just wanted to see what your idea of, of he's like, it was wrong for you to put mammary glands on a dragon. <laughs> And to give it a thinner waist and to give it makeup. And he's just like, what the hell were you thinking? And it's at this point that Martin and Philip appear because they've taken care of their dragons to help out. And Martin falls down and literally cannot stop laughing for like 10 minutes. Um, And then it's, you know, they ask, they're like, well, you know, what all have you done? And they're like, we've tried everything. And they're like, all right, good, good enough. So what did the parents say? And they're like, what do you mean the parents are like? When dealing with someone else's child, you immediately go ask the parents, are yep. you two that stupid? <laughs> yes. And so Phil or Martin's like, here, they, she can't live that far away. I'll go find the parents. So he flies off. Philip's like, I'm going to go talk to the little girl. And and uh, um, Gary and, and Tyler are like, oh, this is going to be good. So Philip walks over. And, of course, 
being an older, nice gentleman, he sits down and immediately befriends the little girl and is laughing along with, you know, all the names that she called them and everything <laughs> else. And they're just like, well, fuck. Well, what do you, what do you mean he's a butt brain? <laughs> yes, that sounds very silly. <laughs> Oh, the parents show up. Martin causes a portal to show up. The parents show up. They call the little girl over, uh, tell her that if 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 uh, if Kelly is still here tomorrow, you can play with Kelly. But Kelly's going to go play and be with other dragons. And of course, they promise yes, they're going to take care of the dragon. Uh, and then they still have the guys end up taking care of the dragon. They're like, we took care of the hard part. You you can finish off the dragon yourself. Um, Phil, Martin, Gary, and Tyler appear over Camelot. Gwen and Britt are there and see the dragons eating all the food. Um, and then they yell at Jeff and Roy and Jeff flies up and basically explains what's happening. And then Martin decides, he's like, all right, I'm, I got this. These are my people. I got this. And uses a macro to turn himself. Like he's like glowing. He's got like red light shooting out of his eyes. He's his voice is super amplified or whatever. And then sees the guy that he buys cheese from. And he's like, yeah, I'm not really that intimidating right now. I'm just going to turn all the shit off. <laughs> Um, so they're trying to figure out what's going on and they basically tell Jeff and Roy, go take a break. Uh, everyone's going to line up. We're going to compensate you. Uh, there's not going to be an argument and we'll take care of it. And while everyone's taking care of this, uh, Tyler and Gary show off their whole, you know, giant butterfly net taking care of the dragon things. Um, they get done with this. Everyone's like, all right, we're going to, there's only like three dragons left or two dragons left, two or three dragons left. Um, we're going to head back to, to uh, Martin's place and relax. And Philip's like, well, the last three are in lead shirts. That's my home place. I'll take care of it. He disappears. Um, and then he calls immediately says, I need help. And I need everyone here right now. Um, so uh, let's see here. Uh, Honor wakes up seeing the bastards are flying the dragons. Kluge says, you know, they're, they're going to attack the dragon or attack the wizards when they get a chance. And, oh, oh look, there's a flying Philip up in the air. <laughs> What? Throwing rocks. Throwing rocks. So, yeah, they don't even have bows and arrows at this point. They literally jump on the back of the dragons with rocks and go up and start throwing rocks at Philip. And, you know, he's trying to take it in stride until he gets a rock in his mouth. And he's just like, that was just uncalled for. So he produces a, a you know, a force field around him and he calls the rest of the group. The rest of the group shows up. They create a force field for the rocks. Roy suggests, you know, doing another air show. Um, Phil d demands Kluge to come down because Kluge and Honor are like, and this was another scene. Like, Kluge is like, calls one of the guys down, drags him off the dragon. He jumps on to go get after the wizards, and Honor's like, I'm going with you. And he's like, No, you're not. And she won't take no for an answer. And all the other bastards are amazed to see this little girl has basically told Kluge, No, this is what I'm doing. And he went with it. So, <laughs> um, so she flies up. He basically, you know, uh, he's berating Kluge. He's like, yeah, you know, you're hiding behind a little girl using her as a, as a human shield or whatever. They come down to the ground and fucking uh, uh, Honor, like, goes after Phil. Yeah. Uh, like, she even screams, I'm not a shield, I'm a sword, and comes after him. Um, let's see here. Uh, Honor forces, let's see here. So um, Roy starts pro programming a macro to force these bubbles to cause the riders to fall off. And the rest of the wizards have to use their uh, macros, quote-unquote, with kid gloves uh, to kind of try to get the bastards off of them as best they can. Um, and there's a hilarious part here where, of course, Gary's still using the webs. Uh, 
but um uh he he lands on the dragon that Kluge is riding and he points a gun at his face and Kluge is like what's that he's like it's a gun he's like what's that <laughs> he's, he's like do you really not know what a gun is yeah and then Brit's like or Gwen's like guns haven't even been invented yet he's like what about cannons you know what a cannon is and he's like no he's like well you put a ball and you take this explosive and it's like why the fuck are you explaining this to Kluge which is exactly why she knocks him off the dragon um but uh, honor forces forces filled to the ground um by kicking him in the junk of course um and it's at this point like while he's laying there she's like going off talking about you wizards don't care about us you don't care about anyone um and you know she's going off and like he's looking around and seeing other people from the town he lives in and a lot of them are kind of agreeing with what she's saying and he's like oh shit things are a lot worse than i thought they were um so he immediately calls out to the other wizards and is like do the evac right right now on yourself um so poor, uh, uh louis poor louisa and Britt the elder have just finished taking care of all the people and all of a sudden their their thing starts going off saying there are more people have shown up and there's phil and he's like can you please remember how i'm laying in the the pose that I'm in, so because it's gonna, you know, we have to use this again. And slowly but surely, everyone starts popping in, asking Phil what's going on. And it's funny because they start asking about how the uh, the hurt people are doing, and, it, and they finally just give up. And they're like, "Nope, wait, wait." And when they finally, when they finally wait for everyone to shut up, and they're like, "All right, now I'll tell you." Um, and Phil's like, "Listen, we have a we have an image problem. Like everyone thinks, you know." We know we're a bunch of idiots and we're just stumbling through this, but everyone thinks we're infallible and like everything we do is on purpose. And even when we screw up royally, that we're still freaking like badass. Um, and he's like, we've got a real problem with that. We've got to show them that we are human and we're fallible. So we have to lose this fight. And they're like, well, what do you, what do you mean lose this fight? Um, so, um, trying to go through here. Um, Okay, so everyone comes back, and Wizard and um, um, Philip starts taking on this tone. Uh, 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 Honor has the the Gene Simmons doll, and Philip takes on this tone like, you know, how did you find the Megalo Demon doll? I think is what he calls <laughs> he calls it, and um, and you know, and, and that you know, if you say this certain phrase, which by the way, I love the fact it ends with Rock and Rollo. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that it will cause this stuff to happen. Louisa shows up in the demon costume, says she was the one behind it all, that the wizards would have never done this before, you know, done this because they're good and simple and everything else, and I've been the one behind it. Um, Honor says the the passage again. The demon disappears. The dragons disappear. Everything basically is fixed, as it were. I, I do like how they have to, like, oh, but you... You you can't say this, and, and she doesn't get it a couple of times. And so they, yeah, psychology. He's, he's literally oh, like leaning up in her face. If you say this, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, even even Louisa had to. Oh, but you can't say that again. Exactly. Yeah, and you can tell there. And he even says there's a moment like where she's panicked. She's like, "Oh shit, what was that phrase again?" Yeah. And they're just like, "Oh God, please no, please." Um. So Phil wakes up, thanks Honor, shoots a beam at the church. Everyone's miraculously fixed. Um. Honor goes to check on her brother. Um. 
and they all start describing to you know the bishop about how they were in hell and how you know they were told that if they live a righteous life they'll come back and have another chance and everything else and of course he's taking it in stride he's like well yeah that's that sounds about right sounds you know it's funny because he's like you know they're like you know there was an older demon and he was telling me this that and the other he's like he sounds like a very wise a, vi- a wise character he's like no i think he was just he seemed like he was older like really 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 old and he's like oh um let's see here so the wizards apologize and walk back to phil's shop um and basically you know they're like they're trying to figure out what was the what was the lesson that we learned here and they eventually come around to the idea that what we already said before maybe you should ask for help maybe you should ask people you know that know things more than you do about Mm. about things um so let's see here. So um, Phil apologizes to Kluge, um, and you know Tyler asks what the lesson is. They settle on the fact that you know people can help them just as well. And then we get to the epilogue. So uh, Phil catches up with the bishop. Uh, Phil explains that the wizards are helping the people in town. Um, uh, he also says that the land has been ceded to Kluge and the bastards, uh, and that they're going to pay workers to help them build their own house. And I don't remember which one it was. Was it only Donnie or Long Lobes? No. Uh, the one is like got the one that learned how to bake is like once like this massive kitchen or whatever. Um, and uh, after they leave Brit, uh, Gwen and Martin Kluge uh, agree that you know they're basically like you know listen you're gonna fight the wizards you're gonna fight us uh, you're basically gonna be on stripped down versions of the dragons which I think Martin said something or another he's like don't you think they're gonna they're not going to enjoy that as well. He's like, because basically they're just like flying, they're flying, flame breathing motorcycles. He's like, oh yeah, I can imagine a group of toughs would not want to ride on flying, flame, you know, breathing motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see here. So the four appear to talk to Honor. They give her this bag that uh, silver silverware will appear in it once a month. Um. I like uh, the with Honor. Yeah. Yeah, and then they tell her, you know, if she ever needs them, if she snaps twice within inside the bag, that one of them will come running to help her. So, um, and all of this is interesting. It's a very good wrap up, and then we get to the point of the book where I'm just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Granted, we have the fifth book out now. Yes. Oh, we, yeah. Anyway. You know they have to set it up. But we get the setup for the next book. Yeah. Brit appears, uh, I'm sorry, Brit the Younger appears at the door uh, of Brit the Elder, and she says she'll answer any questions, but she doesn't really. She's, you know, giving these vague answers. Um, Brit the Elder asks about Kluge, and um, it looks like we completely lost her. Um, Brit the Elder asks about Kluge and says, you know, he didn't agree. Brit the Younger said, no, he did agree, and, you know, um, then she's like, wait a minute, you're remembering this differently than it actually happened. And Brit the Elder is like, no, gotcha, I'm just fucking with you. And, of course, that pisses her off, and she's like, get out. Get out of my house. (laughs) And when Brit the Elder walks outside, she panics because this is the first time she does not remember how things are supposed to go. And, of course, as I'm reading this, I'm going, okay, this is interesting. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, that got Um, very interested. Right. I literally, when I started reading this series, uh, the fourth book had just come out. So I literally was able to go like from book one to book four pretty quickly. This was the first time between book four and five that I had to wait. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that sucked. 
All right. Um, I wish Manny was still here. Overall thoughts. It needed more Miller and Murphy. <laughs> Are those well, just your favorite characters, or they, they're becoming definitely two of my favorite characters of the the whole series? But anyway, yeah. Um, no, I I like we said at the beginning. It's not my favorite of the series. Um, it did seem like it took a very long time to figure out something that should have been a very simple fix. Right. Like, okay, yeah, they're, and they're lucky, like, they got lucky that he used a rare of the sheep, and that's the only reason why there's so few dragons, otherwise they'd be able to run by them. And Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It was okay, but some aspects that I loved about it, and then there's some aspects that I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I like I, I like I said I did enjoy it. I love the fact that we got, um, we got more of of the bishop. I I love the fact that we got more of him and and kind of got more of his story. I love the fact that we got more of Jeff because, like I said, we didn't really get a lot of Jeff in the in the previous three books because he did die in the third one. Pretty say, yeah, he was dead for most of it. Yeah, um, but we they, got some backstory on him. They redeemed Kluge. You actually. I liked Kluge in this. Well, you understand where all of the Oops, you do. comes from. With you the, you with do, the but I actually, I like the, him and the gang now. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, I can I can get on board with that now. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Oh. Anyone else? Jen? Um, kinda, I've kind of said everything I thought about it throughout the show, but... um. Yeah, I did like the cliffhanger at the end, so I'm, I haven't started the next book. I'm interested to see where that goes, because <laughs> I know it's going to be a mind fuck with all the Brits. It is going, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, all all I will say about is, as soon as uh, my friend Ray there finished it, he called me, and I was at work at the time, and I was oh, able to no. talk. I was able to talk, but I'm like, I am so glad you called because I needed to talk to someone. (laughs) Um, Oh, no. uh, uh, Chris, have you you finished the book as well? All of us. Okay. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, we've been listening to it as a family, so all four of us Mm -hmm. have been – we've gone through all five books together. Awesome. It's very difficult to bite my tongue right now, and that's Mm -hmm. all. Yeah. La, 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 la. <laughs> Mandy, did you have any uh any final thoughts on the book? Um Okay, so do you remember in the first book when they all or at least Philip and Martin read that book about where the best time to live in medieval England? Yes. I really feel like that should have come back at some point. <sighs> like okay, person... I am re-listening to that book. And I don't remember what the last name on it is, but the uh, writer of that book is named Gilbert. Who's Gilbert? As in uh, the uh, the two dandies from um, England that uh, do magic <laughs> but don't really do magic. The ones that hate them? The mm-hmm. ones that hate them. One of them is named Gilbert, and I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if that's the same one. But that's yeah, so they played. I've okay, thought about so- that as well. So that may be all it is, is Gilbert wrote that book. 
But then why would he write the book to get everyone back to that time? Because so, yeah. he hates them, and he wants them to go through all that like, shit yeah, living in the I feel like there's a bigger world. meaning here. Um, the reason they all came back here, because they read that book, and or skimmed the Amazon review. And so like, <laughs> I, keep, I keep waiting for that to be relevant, and... Yeah, that's. I need something bigger happening through all these books to like keep me hooked in. Mm-hmm. And this one didn't have anything to keep me entertained. You know, not keep me invested. Not even the ending with Brit not remembering the same. I mean, I that built toward the next book, but like this one, I felt like it didn't do anything to advance the story. This was definitely kind of a, as much as I'd like to say, I, I know uh, the thoughts on the third book. A lot of people were like, um, uh, you know, it was it was it was definitely an offshoot. There wasn't a lot of magic in that book. It was them kind of dealing with you know the fact that they didn't have their magic anymore. Um, but you're, that one did advance the story because we did find out more. You know, we found out what's going on with. Um, Oh jeez! Uh, we found out what's going on with Todd. We got more. We we started to learn more about the char- Jimmy's character, and honestly, kind of started liking Jimmy some. Yeah. Um, at least I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we did kind of have that that tie up part or whatever. Uh, yeah, this was definitely kind of a side. And like I said, of the four books that I, uh, you know, up to this point, this is my least favorite. And I can see where you're, you're what you're saying that this was kind of a, um, and the overarching storyline. You know, if this was a TV show, this is that kind of throwaway episode where it's just like, okay, well, we need a fun one in there. So, yeah. yeah. But well, if, if he's going to, I don't know how many books he plans on doing, but I, there's a series of books that I read. There's 16 books in the series. So mm-hmm. you're going to have a few that are like, eh. yeah. Eh. Just yeah. Some blur, just to, you know, till the next book comes along. So I feel like this is well, this is kind of that one. Yeah, because you don't want it to end too quickly. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I wish, I wish I knew if he had an idea in his head how many books this was going, or if he's literally. I would think because of the callbacks that he's making and some of the the way that some of the things are tying in throughout the series, it makes me think he does have an overarching plan or an overarching yeah. idea. I think so. And then he's not just making up as he goes along. I at least that's what I hope. If not, he's doing a hell of a job tying some of this shit back together. But yeah, you're right about some of the stuff in the first book, and you're right about the about the the best times to live in medieval England. Um, that is something. When I was listening to it again, I heard the name Gilbert, and I thought, I wonder if this is the same guy. And if so, how does that tie in together? And yeah, so. But yeah, I you know, I it definitely works better for a TV series to have that occasional throwaway episode cuz it's half an hour hour at most in a you know, a 16 hours throughout a season, you know, when it's when it's a book series it's like, wow, this was up to this point 25% of the series. Yeah. It's pretty unrealistic <laughs> so, to expect it to be 100% all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of pressure. So. Yeah. But um well, alrighty then. Uh, our next book, uh, like I, as you can probably guess, we are reading the fifth book that just came out like last month or whatever in the series. The current book in the 2.0 series, uh, Out of Spite, Out of Mind. Uh, so we'll be reviewing that at the uh, at the end of next month. And um, I, I'm sure Ray and I have already said too much, <laughs> but I can't wait to find out what you ladies think. Did uh, Jimmy come back? 
Jimmy I'm not Fox saying I'm. <laughs> he has nope, to, right? Like, I feel like you can't not, I'm not have Jimmy I'm not for saying, two books. I'm not saying a thing, and like I said, I, I'm particularly, and I think I think uh, Chris and Ray can agree. Uh, Jennifer, we're really interested to see what your thoughts are on. The pressure. (laughs) No, no, no pressure. I am not pressuring you to like this book. I'm not pressuring you to hate this book. Of my knowledge and my thoughts. I mean, yes, it's hard being so well thought out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, like as soon as like I literally finished this book, and was just like. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And was like, as soon yep. as y'all tell, as soon as someone finishes this, you've got to contact me. And then like immediately reread it again. So, uh, yeah. so needless to say, whereas this book was kind of a filler, the next one has some heavy shit happen. So, um, it's still fun. It is still fun, but oh yeah. yeah. And there's some characters that I love, and there's some characters that I fall in love with again, and then there's other characters that. Uh, you wish would die in a fiery uh, explosion. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> so with that said, uh what else have you what else have you been reading? Anyone? I'll be honest, I have not read I, I put my Audible account on hold for a little while, just try to get caught up on some stuff. So I literally have gone back and started re rereading some stuff, but I have read nothing new in the last month. I'm trying to get, I have a stack of books on my nightstand that are new that I'm trying to get through before I get through, I buy anything else. And it's mm-hmm. um, Sherry Lynn Kenyon stuff I'm trying to get through. She came out with a new series. <gasps> <laughs> I'm a sucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to get back into reading again and stay off of audible a little bit because somebody's taking all the credits for Harry Potter. <gasps> We've been listening, the three of us have been listening to in the queue, <laughs> listening to the Harry Potter watch. So there goes the credits for that. But anyway. <laughs> so um, there's a, a book out there called The Skin Map and it's uh, it's a pretty interesting read. Um, and it actually Anyway, I, you have to look that one up. But the same writer, Stephen uh, Lawhead, has a new series out, uh, and it's the Pen Dragon Cycle. Um, so I just started reading that one, um, and I'm not very far into it. But uh, it is at the very beginning of the book. Uh, it gives you a little lesson in Old English to prepare you for reading mm-hmm. this book. So it was kind of neat. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, Jennifer, have you been reading anything else? Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this in the last show or if I finished it since then, but I read a book by Sylvia Earle called The World is Blue, which is about the ocean and Mm -hmm. why it's so important to the world and to humanity. Um, Very good, very eye-opening if you're looking for an educational and very... Uh, somewhat depressing, but oh, but needed, you know, things we need to know about. Um, I also listened to a self-help book called Dropping the Act. I'm, I'm going to get this wrong. Scary Close, Dropping the Act to Achieve True Intimacy or something like that by Donald Miller. Uh-huh. So that was interesting. Short, pretty quick read, but, you know, working on me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Is that it? a good deal? Yeah. Huh? 
You're great the way you are. Thanks. Aw, <laughs> shucks. Aw, shucks. <laughs> Mandy, have you been reading anything else? Yeah, so um, I finished A Place for Us by Fatima Farheen Mirza, and it's the first book in Sarah Jessica Parker's um, imprint for Hogarth Publishing. I was really excited about this. Um, so I read that one. I started Moonglow by Michael Shabon, which is actually a memoir. And then I want to say the memoir I've been editing for the past six months has finally been published. Um, oh, wow. So it's, um, her name is Betty Thrasher. The book is called Rosebud Roses and it is, yeah, it's on Amazon, but we also have copies like that got shipped to her house today in like 13 boxes. So it's really, really exciting. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah we're super excited about it. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that is very cool. Um, well, that is our show for the week, or for the month, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like I said, we'll be recording the next uh, episode at the probably the uh, end, beginning of next month, probably beginning of next month. Uh, we've kind of shifted to that time. Uh, if you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and Google Music. Uh, you can find us at epicallygeeky.com. You can also find the site at epicallygeeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Where can we find you on the net? Uh, Jennifer. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Het's Gonna Be Me, and um, Epically Geeky, Marginally Geeky, and soon we will be releasing Sustainably Geeky, Aww. our newest podcast on the Epically Geeky channel. Yes, we will. And it's about the environment. Go surprise, surprise. Uh, Mandy, where can we find you online? Mandy Joe Shelton at Twitter. Awesome. Um, Ray? Uh, Lake Life Artist. Uh, and that's on Instagram. That's the main one. Don't worry about following anything else. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Chris, where can we find you online? Uh, Instagram at Cedar Birch Cottage. Um, here at Marginally Geeky. Um, Epically Geeky. And then along with Jen on Sustainably Geeky. Yeah. Environment. Awesome. <laughs> And you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 